Welcome to the American Truck Driver Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Polk, and you're listening to a special series called Dissecting a Decade, my journey of growth and understanding my value in the trucking industry. The 10 episodes in this series will cover the years 2008 to 2018 and will describe for you the ideas, plans, and decisions I made that led to success, failure, and restoration. We finished the last episode in 2017 as I was working for air gas. I was home every day, uh, working five 12-hour days. And I, uh, you know, it wasn't, $19 an hour sounds okay, but your single family income, uh, $19 an hour, don't get it. And so I saw an opportunity to work some overtime. And so I just kind of started. I didn't really ask for permission. And so I would go in at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I would work till 3.30. And um, nobody really said anything. There was a couple of guys out sick, and, you know, there was stuff to do. Uh, but it was really the only way that I could, you know, kind of keep the house going was to have this this overtime. Somewhere in the first part of February of 2018, I was unloading my truck. And and the way this job worked is we hauled compressed gases. So there were people that loaded the truck. So we would go in at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. The truck would be loaded. We would get in it. We would go to a location. We would get on a forklift, unload the full cylinders, put the empty cylinders back on, take them back to the plant to have them refilled. So it's, you know, February sometime, might have been late January, and it was, you know, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. It's about 10 degrees outside. I'm on this forklift, and I remember thinking, God, this sucks. Why am I doing this? I mean, if I had my choice... If that's all it was about, well, I'd rather run 3,500 miles a week in a sleeper truck. I mean, you know, I hate driving to work. That sucks. I hate driving home from work. That sucks. That sucks worse. I'm not any better off because I'm getting home at 4.30. I see my kids for, like, minutes I kiss them on the head and go to bed because I have to be back up at 1.30 again and eat some breakfast and drive 45 minutes to work and start my day and do it over again. And so, I, you know, I have the weekends, but I'm exhausted and I'm on this bizarre schedule that nobody else is. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's worse lifestyle-wise. It's worse than driving over the road. Um uh, you know, and it's certainly not better. You know, it, it's the mistake a lot of people make. Well, if I can drive a truck on the road, I can drive a truck at home. Well, yeah, but go work 12, 14-hour days and and see how much you like that compared to just driving your five, 600 miles and turning around and laying down in the bed that's three feet behind you and going to sleep. So I had this thought, and it, I thought, what a story I have to tell. I was still in some Landstar Facebook groups 
and I had thought about getting out of them because sometimes I would look at them and I'd be like, you know, nostalgic and why I really wish I wouldn't have made such a mess of myself. But I didn't. And so I began to, in my head, compose this this thought that I wanted to share. Um, and so I probably spent about a week thinking about it, and I just went and wrote it down, and I, I posted in this Landstar group, and I said, guys, listen, I need you to know something. I was a BCO, and I failed. And I want you to know that it wasn't Landstar's fault. It wasn't the agent's fault. It wasn't the government's fault. It wasn't, it was nobody's fault but mine. Me alone. I killed the goose laying the golden eggs. There's nobody to blame but me. And I said, look, please understand that if you're reading this right now and you think, well, I'll get my savings plan when? I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever, you know, th- these things that I need to do. Well, I can't do them right now. I'll have to do them later. No, today, right now. Today is the day. If you don't have a savings plan, you start today because you need it yesterday. Because I'm telling you, I was great at making money. I was terrible at saving it. And all it would have taken was 18 cents a mile. One advantage to having that air gas job is that once a month we had to do an overnight trip down to North Carolina. And you had to stay in a hotel because we drove day cabs. And so I had these giant binders that I had made. I got, I think I got two, might have been three, but I know it was two years worth of bank statements for my personal and business checking accounts. And I put them in binders. And while I was sitting in North Carolina in that hotel room, I had a I had a pen and a and a highlighter, and I started going through. And I went back, and I had, of course, I had spreadsheets, and I had used Kevin Rutherford's profit gauges, and I went through all that stuff. And from the day I bought that truck until the day I left it behind in Scranton, Pennsylvania, eighteen cents a mile. 18 pennies for every mile I drove. Not only would I have paid for the engine the first time myself without needing a miracle intervention from the heavens above, I could have just, hey guys, all right, fix it. Here, let me, let me, let me write you a check. And I figured into that another 10000 to fix it Um you know, the last time it broke. About a year after that, I finally sent the guy a message on Facebook. It's a Latino guy from New Jersey. And I said, hey, I'm just curious what was wrong with it. And he said, broken number three piston. I said, I fixed it and I'm driving it every day. So probably five to 7,500, something like that. I could have fixed it. But I figured 10,000. 18 cents a mile and I'm not broke. 18 cents a mile, I'm not stressed out. 
18 cents a mile, I'm not pulling my hair out wondering how am I going to make a living. 18 cents a mile, I'm, I don't have the mortgage company screaming at me, we're coming to take your house. 18 cents a mile, I don't have Wells Fargo calling me saying we're coming to get the van. 18 cents a mile. So, Landstar people, get your shit together. Today, not tomorrow. And that was it. That, that, that's literally, all. I had no, I had no plan you know, that, uh, that, that this, um, I didn't have a motive. I just thought, I wish somebody had said it to me. Now, would my dumb ass have listened to it? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but, you know, I mean, hell, if I could get one person to look at themselves and say, you know, well, I'm in, I'm just, I'm as bad a shape as he is. I'm just not willing to admit it. Uh, then it was worth the time that it took. Well, as soon as I posted that, within a day, I've got people offering me jobs. Well, hey, man, you know, come work for me. Come work for me. Well, and I entertained it. I, You know, I, I looked at a couple of them, and, you know, everybody's wanting to pay on a 1099, and, you know, we dispatch trucks, and, and so then... <clears throat> I had, I thought, well, I'll, I'll, nobody knows about this, but so I'll just put a little ad on the Landstar group. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm a former BCO. Uh, maybe y'all could hire me. Well, you know, then I start getting really ridiculous messages. You know, I said, look, I, you know, I got to be home on the weekend. Well, if you want to be home, you can't work for me. Well, okay, buddy. Have a nice day. And then I got a message from a guy named Larry Long. And uh, we kind of sent messages to each other, I guess, and they passed in the Internet somewhere. So anyway, I called him, and just instantly, man, as soon as I heard this guy's voice and we talked for just a few minutes, I was like, this guy's, this guy's somebody special. Um, and... So we introduced ourselves, and, and he told me he was impressed with what I had written, and, you know, and, and he didn't have a truck right now. And this is, I'm going to say, first week of February. He's like, but I've got one. I'm putting an engine in. And uh, it'll be ready sometime in March. And I'm like, okay. Well, obviously, I haven't shared my activities with my wife, I've just been kind of keeping it on the down low, you know. So I tell her, hey, so I'm kind of thinking about going back to uh, Landstar. And for those of y'all that are married and you've seen your wife look at you and kind of half roll her eyes uh, with a little hint of, have you lost your ever-loving mind? It's, that's kind of the look that I got. But I told her, I said, look, I, I think let's meet this guy. Let's have a talk, and we'll go from there. So um, I, I dragged her against her will out to Moorhead, Kentucky, to meet him halfway between Lexington and West Virginia to sit down over dinner and discuss an opportunity. 
Well, this is my first time meeting him, and we had a great talk, and we talked about, you know, business and uh, rates and lanes and all that kind of stuff, and I, I was really comfortable with him. I think he was comfortable with me, um, but I still really didn't know what to do, you know, because I've learned the hard way that just because it makes sense on paper doesn't make doesn't mean it makes sense in real life. So I told him, "What? Well, I need a little time to think about it." And uh, so I go to work, and you know I'm still on my twelve-hour days. And the uh, the plant manager comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, I need to talk to you." I'm like, okay, what's up? And he was like, um, the uh, the big boss of the uh, branch here uh, was doing payroll, and he saw your overtime, and he threw a fit. And I'm like, okay, this is my problem because, and he said, because your, your overtime's done, it's finished. He's like, you maybe have five hours a week, you know, maybe eight if we really push it, um, but 20 hours a week of overtime, that, that, that you can't do that anymore. And I said, oh, well, I have some real unfortunate news for you, brother. Um, I can't make it five and 48 hours a week. I can't. I, I literally can't pay my bills. And uh, so I went back to my own records from that first quarter of 2017 that we talked about in the last episode and how I booked the freight, the 1250 a day, 2500 for two days, 3750 for three days. Ended up being about $6,000 a week. And Larry had told me, you know, well, I'll, I'll pay you on 25% of the line haul. You know, the fuel goes to the truck, um, and I get 25% of gross line haul. So I went back and I put every load that I did in that three months that was the really one of the best quarters that I had done, $50,000 in three months to the truck. So it was a good, solid set of numbers to work from. And I, and I looked at it, and I'm like, well, man, this, you know, according to this, based on what I did, if, if I was paying myself to drive my truck at that time, I was going to make like fourteen to $1,600 a week. And, you know, that's a whole lot more than what 60 hours at air gas was doing. So I, I showed my wife the numbers, and I said, listen, I don't know what else to do because the mortgage company, is they're screaming at us. Um, I have a good feeling about this guy and this opportunity, and there's no risk. You know, at least there's no risk as far as me owning the truck. I'm just a driver. And we, we've established that I'm really good at booking freight. But somebody else is saving the money and somebody else is paying for the expenses and, and the maintenance. So I gave my notice. And uh, in the end of March, I, uh, I went up to Indianapolis. Had to do a one-day orientation. Well... Larry likes dedicated freight because that gives him one less variable to worry about 
when he's operating a truck. If, if, he, if the truck's doing the same thing every week, that's just less input for the truck owner to ha- not have to chase freight. I'm not a big fan of dedicated myself. I, I, I like I like high dollar dedicated, uh, but he you know his stuff was like kind of FedEx and weird schedules and driving at night and and he had put a, a run together um, that was going to be good money, uh, but fortunately for me, it it fell apart. And he said, "Look, this thing has fallen apart. I, I can't. I'll, I'll look for something." But for now, I'm just going to have you run the board. Well, in my mind, I'm going, hell yeah, I'm going to run the board. Watch this. So he gives me a, a login information to the board and the keys to the truck. And he had me a couple of loads booked there that first couple of days. And off I went. And y'all, holy crap. Uh, for those of you that were privy to what was going on in 2018 with the rates, I had heard bits and pieces, even had a Landstar driver deliver some cylinders at air gas, and he and I were chatting about uh, the rates and how crazy they were. Well, if you remember back to 2017, I had set this $1,250 a day like 250 a mile minimum from the time I got in that truck until about October I set my minimum daily rate at $1500 and $3 a mile and there were times that I was doing 1800 a day and 2100 a day and I was running Ten to $12,000 gross per week through that truck. Well, if y'all do the 25% math on that, Daddy was bringing in more money as a company driver than when I owned my own truck. It was crazy. I just unfathomable how much money the truck was making, how much money I was making. Um, within 90 days, all my bills were current, money in the bank. Uh, it was it was just incredible. I, I, I've never experienced anything like it. It was, you know. Now I think back. This is this is the one rub. This is one really sucks because I figured this out. In the early part of 2017, if my truck hadn't blown up, well, 2017 all the way up through 18, it just got kept getting more and higher and higher and higher and higher. Well, I had finally figured out, I unlocked the, the, the secret code. And had I had a truck and could have run through all that, you know, at eight and 10 and $12,000 a week, uh, unfortunately, I mean, it, I, it had to happen. It was the only way I was going to learn. It had to happen. I, I wasn't going to learn any other way. So I, I wish I wouldn't have had to go through that. I wish none of us would have had to go through that. Um, but more than likely, if the truck hadn't blown up and I would have kept making that money, you know, the unfortunate truth is, is we probably would have blown it, you know. And 
sometimes you got to say stuff out loud. You know, my, my pastor has a line that says the truth will make you mad before it makes you free. Well, I've been mad, real mad, and, and mad at me because I did this. I, you know, I, I have learned to give myself kind of a break in one aspect. I didn't have a teacher. I really didn't. You know, I learned stuff from the radio from Dave Ramsey and I learned some stuff from Kevin Rutherford. Uh, but there's no, there's no real class for this. It's, it's go out there and learn on the fly. And if you, you know, if you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. So we got to the uh, end of 2018 and I, I got a two week break at Christmas and, um, Larry and I started talking about the future of the company because um, he's close to retirement. And um, I'm going to bring him on here shortly, and I'm going to introduce you to Larry Long, uh, owner-operator of Blue Ribbon Logistical Solutions, LLC. And you guys are going to get to meet him. Because we together have formulated some ideas and some plans, um, and we want to create some tools and some strategies um, for people to learn from Larry's 50 years of business experience and my 10 years of screwing stuff up. He's a wonderful teacher. And he's an incredible mentor, and he's completely given me the opportunity to change my life and turn it around. And I have never been on the financial solid footing that I am now. I'm still a company driver, but I'm making better money than I've ever ever even thought possible and still making more money than I did when, when I was owning a truck, which is just, it shows you, how bad I suck when I thought I was doing good. You know, you can go back and listen to old episodes of this podcast and you can hear me saying, man, I got this figured out. I know what's going on. And <clears throat> y'all, the truth was I didn't have a clue. I, I never had a clue how deep I was in. I, I was so lost. Uh, I was so, so lost. So that's going to wrap up this dissecting a decade. I hope y'all have enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to. I wanted this to be a real story that people could relate to, because I don't. I don't want anybody to listen to this and be discouraged about being an owner operator, because it's awesome. It really is. It's the best opportunity in trucking. But there's a right way and a wrong way. And there's a risky way. And there's a less risky way. And that's what Larry and I are going to team together and use this platform of this podcast. And we've built a website for Blue Ribbon. It's blueribbonlogistics.com. And we're going to put some stuff together so that we can help people avoid 
going through the hell on earth that I did. We want, we want people to, to be successful. Because the more successful, peaceful people we have in this industry, the better it is. Um, but it's going to involve you know, dispelling a lot of just nonsense that's being taught and, and stuff that's being understood. And we're, we're going to work our, our collective butts off to, to remedy a lot of that. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Give me some feedback. AnAmericanTruckDriver at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash an American truck driver and American truck driver on Instagram and I'm on Twitter at Chris Polk 76. So please hit me up. Let me know what you think. See you next time.